Hello, everyone. This is Dottie Luster, host of Trafficked on Hear Women Talk Network for Zeus Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in to our action-packed, very special show today. I want to start off by introducing, again, Larry Jaffe to read an amazing poem from his book, One Child Sold. This is going to set the stage for today. Thank you. Hi, Daddy. It's really a pleasure to be here with y'all. Thanks for having me on. So, so I'm glad to have you. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I noticed from, you know, all the years I've been working on human rights is how difficult it is to confront evil. And I have to salute you and your team at your ability to get in there and take the bad guys out and rescue the good guys. Thank you so much. You know, you've been holding my hand for many years. So many ways this poem is for you and for your the announcement you're about to make, which is so exciting. Thank you. It's called Broken Eyes. My eyes are broken. They tire from relentless bashing of principles. They wanted to see what they should not see and broke, irrevocably sad. The fire that once fed my belly has gone out, replaced by damp spirits. Now the kindred fly lame, without wonder, transmitting disdain. I wanted to envision peace and found war. My eyes cried until even the tears dried. I have learned to confront the world with my stupidity and nakedness. This was my legacy. I was a fallen angel without a god to inspire me. I turned myself inside out, removing the skin from the soul, and without effort, I now see without eyes, touch without fingers, and laugh, and laugh. I am no longer a body and soar like an eagle sans wings. I am a free spirit engaged in the most gentle of intercourses. The world is my wonder. We will heal the disease, end the mayhem of war, calm the troubled, and bring joy to the sad. This is our legacy. Thank you so much. And, wow, chills, Larry. That's all I can say, chills. Well, I I hope it reaches out and touches everyone the way I um, intended it to. I would like to invite all of our listeners to see Larry's video, Unprotected Poetry, on the Hear Women Talk website. It's an amazing video and quite a beautiful and uh, at times funny um, poem that he is um, speaking on film. And you can really understand Larry even more by viewing him. And also go to his website, Larry Jaffe. Dot com and that's l a r r y j a f f e dot com. Thank you so much, Larry. We'll have you back again soon. Thanks, Daddy. It's always an honor. <laughs> My best to you all. Bye bye. Bye. Well, thank you, Larry, and we're moving forward to um, 
what I think is an amazing announcement and really shows what we can do as a team, a group of people dedicated to one issue um, with our varied resources across the nation. And um, we were able in the last several days, and I say hours because some of us didn't sleep, to have someone reach out for help, a very troubled, scared, disturbed adult who needed help, who had been through a series of traumas through her life, including trafficking. Through our resources and help, she guided us to what she wanted, and we have her where she wanted to go in a safe, um, incredible facility with the world's best and brightest mental health and physical health people protecting her. And I would like to introduce Hear Woman Talk Radio founder, Kay Van Heusen. Hi, Dottie. Hi, Dottie. Hi. <laughs> it's great to be here, and I am so excited about this announcement. Um, uh, for all of you who are listening, um, we had a radio show on two days ago. I think it was just two days ago. Yeah, Tuesday. And Dottie was online during the show, and she was contacted through the through the site by someone who was in trouble, a young woman who was scared and in trouble, and she sent Dottie a private chat and said, can we speak privately? I'm, I'm in trouble and I'm scared. And, of course, Dottie said yes, and they exchanged phone numbers, and Dottie spoke with her, and this young woman was very scared. She said, I'm in trouble. Um, she was being held against her will. Horrible, horrible things had been happening to her, but and then she had to leave quickly. Well, Dottie then contacted, through our network, our incredible network of fantastic people, women and men, um, this uh, lady who is uh, out in California, Vicki Cito, she is the founder of FLIP, Female Legal and Investigative Professionals. And together, Dottie and uh, Vicki tried to figure out who this gal was, and they contacted me. And then through my resources and records that I had, we figured out who she was and how we could get to her. Well, anyway, the, the bottom line is Dottie and Vicki contacted her. They stayed up 24 hours chatting with her all night long. She was you know, on the verge of suicide, and she was in a horrible situation where she was a captive. And Dottie and Vicki hatched a plan to get her out of this place where she was, and it was uh, pretty scary, but we got her a flight and, uh, to fly far away from where she was. Uh, a plan was hatched to get her out with her cat. She had a kitten that she couldn't leave without, and that kitten was the only thing that was keeping her sane and, and gave her a will to live. And so Vicki, through her connections with PIs all around the world, found a PI in this town where this gal was and arranged to have the PI meet this gal by her house, and the girl was supposed to kind of sneak out of the house with just the clothes on her back and her kitten. Dottie also arranged for the police to go there, and uh, when the PI arrived, uh, the captors knew about this plan, and they weren't going to let her out. The girl bolted from the house, ran to the PI's car, dove into her car. The captors said that we were kidnapping this girl and <laughs> weren't going to let her go, and uh, maybe I'm giving too many details, Dottie, but bottom yeah, line... Yeah, we'll elaborate later, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Um, you think it's easy, it's not. There's multiple issues, um, but you're right. Um, it was like that, and um, all along the way, I think what's amazing from the police to the private investigators to everyone that helped, we all reconfirmed that what she wanted 
where she was trying to go and that she was of her own free will. And so no matter what the problem was, the point is someone asked for help and we escorted her and she directed what we did. And she's safe now. She's safe and she's free. I spoke with her this morning. Her voice has changed. She sounds like a giggly, I mean, just totally different. And um, there's many people surrounding her, what I call with an alphabet letter of soup, uh, PhDs. um, You know, they they have all these uh, titles behind their names that are very respected, both in the mental health and the physical health field. So I just want to assure everyone that the whole team has had um, her driving the boat, but making sure that she is getting the best resources available in the United States. And I want to just say how proud I am to be associated with so many special and wonderful women and men here on Hero Women Talk. Uh, Dottie and Vicki, you guys were great, and, and I appreciate all that you did. Thank you so much. You're so welcome, Kay, and I have to applaud the network because um, Kay was up with us um, and she helped us get what we couldn't get. There was a m- many little pieces we had to put together. And uh, thank you, Kay. You know, you are a, a trooper because we've done this before. And uh, you you hang in there with the best. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> it was exhilarating and exhausting at the same time. <laughs> we need a spa day. Can you talk to Caraville? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, Kay. And I really appreciate Vicki. And we are going to get um, a show together soon with our team and discuss how we did certain things, what we did and why, and maybe, you know, kind of draw a blueprint of how this can be done in the future for many organizations. Right. Cool. (laughs) Thank you. Um, We're going to take a break now. This is Dottie Laster, host of Trafficked on Hear Women Talk Network, produced by Zeus Network. Welcome back, listeners, to Trafficked on Hear Women Talk Radio, produced by the Zeus Network. I am so honored to introduce to you today a wonderful friend and colleague of mine. And I have to back up a few years to um, really explain to you what we're doing. Um, when I was at St. Mary's in 2003, uh, as I knew right then when I was in my master's program, I found human trafficking... I had just understood that slavery was alive and well today, and I knew that's what I wanted to do. But I was just a student. I was studying international relations, and I didn't know where to begin. And I saw that Francis Bach had written a book, My Escape from Slavery. I was in Barnes & Noble. I picked it up, and I read it. I I paid for it, and then I read the whole thing without getting up. And I called him the next day and explained I'm a student at St. Mary's and I would love for him to speak. Well, the funny thing was, instantly I raised several thousand dollars for his airfare and to get him here and an honorarium to his nonprofit. And that was the first event that I put on to combat trafficking. So for me, this is history. This is full circle. This is an amazing opportunity to have Francis on my show years later. And I want you guys to know all the things he's accomplished since then. 
as well as how amazing his book is. Welcome, Francis. Wow, that is the warmest introduction. Thank you so very much, uh, Dottie. I, I, I honor your work. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you. You are, um, you know, my spirit. It seems like everywhere I go, we bumped into each other. I went to Houston, and there you were speaking. And just through events that I didn't plan, we kept running into each other, and it happened the same way just a couple of days ago. So, you know, you being on the show is so good. So I want... Can you give me a brief overview so viewers understand that you were in Sudan as a child? And I want them to read your book. So in like a minute or two, can you give a quick overview of your story? Yes, uh, thank you once again, and thanks for our listeners. Uh, this is a very important program, and I hope that you will tune in uh, all the time to listen to Dottie. She's just a wonderful person who is doing a wonderful job uh, on behalf of us all. Uh, just to uh, to uh, give a little details or a short version of my story, um, I became placed uh, in the year of 1986 when I was seven years old in my uh, former country, Sudan, in southern Sudan. I was just a happy child who was living with the parents who was actually hardworking parents family members who are caring uh, for me and for us. Um, and one evening, my mother asked me, like, you can send your child to a local uh, uh, grocery shop uh, store or a shopping mall. And I went to a local market to sell eggs and peanuts. Um, and that was the intention my mother had. And soon I left my village, Gorian, in 1986. I never returned home. The Arab Bogara, the Arab Muralin, or now the so-called Jinjoweed, who are killing our brothers and sisters in Darfur, in Western Sudan, had actually came to my village and they murdered uh, my parents and they murdered people in the village and, of course, marched into the marketplace. Uh, and, and that's where I witnessed. If you want to know exactly what I, would, I witnessed it, I should that day, it is a movie that I always compare. Uh, for those who have had an opportunity to watch Otero Wanda movie, I was in the same movie watching men and women, all that don't be uh, group wise. You know, Francis, we're losing you. Francis, your phone's cutting out just a bit. Can you move closer to your to your base station? Uh, okay, uh, right. There you uh, go. Can, can you hear me loud now? Clear? Yeah. Yes, and let me reiterate what he said. Francis was in the market alone as a seven-year-old. He was um, kidnapped and put into slavery, and he was saying that if you want to know what he experienced, it's comparable to the movie Hotel Rwanda. And um, if you watch that movie, you can understand what he went through. And so, Francis, our time is short, and what I want to do is um, explain what you are doing now. You came to the United States. You came as a refugee. You have your citizen or your status, and you traveled and spoke and tried to tell people what's going on in Sudan. And now since then, you have the Francis Bach Foundation. Can you tell me about that and what you're doing? 
Well, uh, before I even talk about my foundation, which is also a core, uh, you know, uh, opportunity to continue with, with this work that I've been doing, since my arrival to USA in 1999, and particularly when I joined uh, this organization, and one particular organization that gave me a platform, an opportunity to speak out, uh, the American Anti-Slavery Group in Massachusetts, Boston, I had then helped to help uh, mobilize more and more people through uh, institutions, uh, American through community gatherings, uh, where I met you first time at St. Mary, we're as you put it earlier. We're uh, losing so, you again. We're losing your, your voice again. Um, yes. There you go. So I was saying that, you know, I have done so much, and, and, and it's not enough to, to really uh, bring an end to what is still going on in my country. As we speak today, Sudan is actually in a greatest moment, a moment that we need you, we need all our listeners, uh, our actually friends, America friends, and a friend all over the world, to stand with the people of southern Sudan. Uh, the longest civil war that I described, that my parents are a victim, and that I was a victim myself in slavery for 10 years, had actually concluded last uh, five or six years in Nevada, Kenya, with a comprehensive peace agreement in 2005. That peace agreement that uh, people of South Sudan uh, an opportunity of six-year interim period in 2011. In January 9, 2011, there will be a referendum for the people of South Sudan first time to exercise the God-given opportunity as a citizen, as a global citizen, and we are going to exercise to vote for either uh, a united country or a suppression. But to assure you, all the listeners, our fans out there, we are going to vote for separation, the people of South Sudan, because we have been so long uh, oppressed. We have been so long, you know, uh, marginalized by the group that, uh, who are not even a majority, are only 30% elite in Khartoum, who had control over 70% of the, all the marginalized groups. So we are calling to all you know, international community, and particularly to American community, because they have been, uh, uh, you know, with us since our arrival here, standing and listening to us, to really be a witness and to be a dog watch, and also to send the media out there on January 9, 2011, and to broadcast, to actually also respect, you know, our choices that we are going to make with the people of Southern Sudan, and to continue also standing on behalf of people of Babier, Southern Blue Nile, and people of Nuga Mountain, and Darfur, of course. Uh, yes, I had founded a foundation called the Francis Bach Foundation. My, actually, my aim is, and the actual aim of this organization is to really help in terms of development. I went to Sudan nine times after the CPA. Every time I go to southern Sudan, I come back to USA very overwhelming, you know, by how people there sit and wait for us and be hopeful that we are going to come back to southern Sudan with something, education. We are going to build schools for them. We are going to build uh, a health care facilities for them. We are going to help with the roads and clean water. Uh, I actually hope, you know, with the wells in my area, my village, which I had to begin somewhere to end up somewhere. And I'm intended uh, to build a school in my village in Gorian 
and then I'm actually aiming to build more schools. If you ask me how many schools I want to build and how long it would take me, I don't know. But I want to build the school. I read this wonderful book, The Three Cup of Teeth. Uh, this book has taught me a lot and inspired me of this great American man who had nothing to do uh, to travel as far as Afghanistan and had to start building one school and end up building many. So I'm asking you for your generosity to support the Francis Buck Foundation uh, to help build a school in Gorian for 300 children who go to uh, uh, school under the tree. And I'm working to spread awareness. I want to educate adults. And my work here on the human trafficking, if you ask me, people need to know the definition, by the way. What is actually a slavery? The definition of slavery was here. And if I have uh, a little more time, I can actually touch or walk you through based on something that I know myself. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you so much. And what you're saying is so important that, you know, we need to build education in places that are desperate, desperate for instruction, for help, for being able to advocate for themselves. And you're right, Greg Mortensen's book, Three Cups of Tea, explains if you're going to combat problems in the world, including war, you need education. And um, I would like to, to direct our listeners to the Hero Women Talk radio site where we have pictures posted of Francis as he's standing beside a well in the village where he was, ta- he was taken from as a child. Um, he returned after 20 years, and we will put a link to the video on his website, and you see him walking around his desolate village that was massacred as he was a child 20 years ago. And when you read his book and you hear Francis's life, he had a wonderful life. His family were well-respected in the community. They had wealth. They had ability to have this wonderful place. He didn't want to be dislocated. He didn't want to leave his home. And I want you, our listeners, to participate with Francis. And you from here can understand this and help him change the world. Francis, I have a bit of a surprise for you. Yes. (laughs) We have a caller that you and I met in San Antonio the day that I had you speak. She's an amazing woman. Can you think back to that day when Tommy's father and we all went out to to lunch after your speech? Uh, Could this be Sister Mary? Uh, It is not. It is Denora Diaz. She is on the phone now, and I would like to reconnect you after seven years. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Here you go. Yes. Friends. What a surprise. <laughs> Francis, how are you? I am doing It's so good to hear well. your voice. It is so nice to hear <laughs> your voice. Very good. Well. Well, awesome. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted wanted to, go ahead, Denora. Well, Francis, I wanted to tell you a little bit about what I'm doing right now. And I first want to thank you so much for inspiring me the first time that I heard you speak and how you spoke about how the sheep and the farm animals gave you hope and guided you and how you would stare up into the stars and how you would pray that you would get through this. And you didn't understand why you were there and why you were held captive as you were. And I want to say that through your speech, 
I took a, I, I myself lied in my front yard that day and I looked up in the stars and I thought, you know, it was so inspiring. It was, had had such a profound effect on me that I, I really then knew that I needed to run for public office. And I want to tell you that I'm running for a criminal district court bench, Francis, and partly because you gave me the inspiration to want to continue my service in the community in a greater way. And I want to thank you for that. And I'm so proud of all the work that you're doing and Dottie and, and continuing to educate people and dispel myths. You know, and one of the things, Francis, that we need to work on together is we need to ensure that the police officers and that the government officials are educated in the area of human trafficking because it doesn't just happen in Sudan. It happens all over the world, and it's right. important that we can recognize that, right? It is. It is. It's so, so very much for the all compliments that, you know, I commend you. I commend every single person in what we do because this takes commitment a dedication uh, to devote that time, you know, and to leave your family there and your other important business. It's, and just do this. It is something commendable to me, and I recognize what you're doing, and I appreciate and I hope that you will continue thriving through it. Thank you. You know, and the more you... Oh, go ahead, Norm. Yes. I just want to say, and the more that we communicate and dispel myths and we, we grab this issue by the horns and we, we do our best, to make this whole place a better place for all human beings and, and everybody who occupies this beautiful earth. So let's continue to work together. And Dottie, you're doing such a great job. I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much as well. Thank you, Denora. And next time I speak to you, um, I guess it's a little bit away. We may speak before then, but I want to be calling you Judge Diaz. And I want our listeners yes. to know that they can help you they can help Denora right now. They can go to electdiaz.com, and on there, there is a link where they can click Vote for Dollars for Democrats, and they can vote for their favorite candidate, Denora Diaz. And if she receives the most votes, they will contribute money to her campaign. And we would have a judge in our area that understands slavery and trafficking. And you guys that work with me, you know how much that means. So, Denora, we're giving you Hear Women Talk Power, and we want to help you Thank get into office. Thank you so much. And you don't have to live in Texas. You can live anywhere in the whole world as long as you have a zip code, a five-numbered zip code, an email address, and a name. And early voting starts down here on October 18th through the 29th. So I'm going to do my best to get elected, and I will take those values that we all share together. Thank, Thank you, so you. Much. and again, vote Dollars for Democrats by clicking on Denora's picture. You will help her get campaign money to run her campaign so she can win in the next election. And Francis, yes. thank you, Denora, and we are going to stay in touch. Thank I want to have you. you back for an update. Thank you so much. Good luck, Francis. Good luck, you guys. Thank you. Good luck to you as well. Francis, our hour goes incredibly fast. I, uh, or yeah, because we have so many wonderful guests. I mm -hmm. want to again let people know how they can receive your book, and um, I also will tell them that Francis has generously agreed to donate an autographed copy of his book 
to Hear Women Talk Radio. We are going to pick names from our listeners if they join Trafficked, our social group, at hearwomentalk.com. We will have two weeks with which people can join, and um, we will pick a name from that um, list of members of Trafficked, and one of those lucky people is going to receive an autographed copy from Francis, his book, Escape from Slavery. Thank you, Dottie. Uh, and also, I hope that you can actually read to them my uh, website, which is still under construction. But again, my foundation, the Francis Bach Foundation.org, is actually uh, at full, with full status uh, from the state and federal. Uh, we are a nonprofit organization, tech deductible. So for those who would like to support the initiative that I'm working on uh, in Sudan, uh, are w- welcome to visit uh, the Francis Bach Foundation.org. Uh, and uh, we certainly appreciate, uh, uh, you know, your generosity to support Thank us. you, Francis, and I'm putting your link to your website on my social pages, and mm-hmm. um, your website is in our chat room, and mm-hmm. we will talk again as you get closer to the referendum. Um, have a great day, Francis, and thank you so much. Thank you, Dottie. Thank you so very much for having me on the show. And please don't forget, referendum, we need the voices. We need people to be there supporting us through. We, the people of South Sudan, I think we deserve to be like other societies. So we are yet to celebrate. And when we become an independent state in January, you, we will invite you all to come and celebrate with us. Oh, we're taking you up on that, Francis. I will definitely take you up on that. Okay, thank, thank you, you. so Bye-bye. much. And we are going to a break now. I hope our listeners have been inspired that they're thinking of ways they can help in elections in Texas and Sudan and around the world. You can help anywhere. Um, If you join Hear Women Talk, click on Trafficked, our social page. We will have all the tools you need to get involved. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone, to Trafficked on Hear Women Talk Radio, produced by Zeus Network. Wow, what an amazing first half. Um, it's, I just want to tell you all I'm so inspired by um, Denora Diaz and Francis Bach. We had lunch at an event years ago, and the work continues. So please visit our social site. Send them your you know, good wishes, kudos, whatever you can do to support them. They are blazing the trail, both in Texas and in Sudan. Now I'd like to introduce you to another special guest. She and I have been friends and colleagues for about a year or so, and we've had some late nights and uh, urgent calls together. This is Elizabeth Crooks, CEO and founder of the Embassy of Hope Center in San Antonio, Texas. She helps victims of trafficking. She shelters, provides services, outreach, training. She is multifaceted, very competent. She's done an excellent job, and I would like her to speak to you now. So welcome, Elizabeth. Hi, Dottie. Thank you so much for having me. We are so glad you could make time to be with us. And, you know, I just feel like this is such a special day on so many levels. We were able to help someone yesterday, and I know you and I have helped several victims 
together, you know, what got you into this? Where do you want to start and let people know how they can just be a part of everything that's good? Well, one thing is evident in listening to Francis's story that human trafficking crosses every economic, socio-economical boundary is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, the um, Embassy of Hope, we started in 2008, and we start, I started working with women that had come from abuse backgrounds mainly because I had had some abuse backgrounds growing up as a teenager, but it wasn't until I had started um, evolving into trafficking that I started to identify with some of the things that I had gone through as a teenager. And I don't really want to center this around my story, but the fact that we have so many victims right here in the United States of America that are American citizens in our own backyard in every city, and it's clear that there are so many globally. This is, what, the second largest crime now, quickly becoming the first largest crime. So um, when we You know, learn, I want to I pick mm -hmm. up on something there before we go forward. And you and I have talked about this, but one thing that we tend to see is that when someone's in these type of situations, the first thing that happens is um, the people surrounding them will say, she's crazy, don't believe her, she's delusional. We've seen that with our clients. Can you elaborate on some of our um, experiences like that? Well, for one thing, there's so many multiple symptoms, multiple diagnoses. You're looking at post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, or suicide, and this is a multiple crime. So you're going to have all of these variety varieties of diagnoses going on, and usually you have experts singling out one specific area, so they're not always looking for a multiple situation unless they're going to give them, like, bipolar, which is a specialty. But when you learn what the, the signs of trafficking are, it's easy to identify victims. But victims here are well, globally as well, don't identify with being a victim. And then it kind of, um, again, just to focus on that, so um, I know um, I often say, well, when you remove them from the trafficking, it's quite amazing how well they do. It <laughs> they really begin is. to get better, you know. Yes. Every victim that has come into the Embassy of Hope Center, and we, we were just talking yesterday, we've actually had a 100% success rate, <laughs> which is kind of exciting. <laughs> Um, they will come in and it's, it's, you know, you're looking at about three months to get them stabilized and, you know, just kind of reorienting. You have to establish those basic human needs of safety, shelter, clothing, food, and just all the chaos removed, you know. So it, it, it can happen. It takes time. Every victim is different in their own time and we do, uh, practice a victim-centered approach here so there's it's in their element of healing but yes it is clearly hardy unless you know what to look for you know and it's kind of funny you and i have um talked about some of the most healing things we can do is listen and believe um that seems to be at least where i start and i know you and i talked about that the first thing is is to listen and believe well, I think that's the, the first thing with any victim is that no one's going to believe me or the story's too crazy. 
I've had we've had together so many crazy stories that have come through, and talking about you know this doesn't just hit poverty areas, although it is very rich in the poverty areas, how prevalent it is, but in middle income, upper income classes, you still have this going on. I interviewed a girl that has been uh, in prostitution since she was 12. She's American, right here in San Antonio. She's 21 now, and she's looking, she's gone through four federal drug felonies, and she has slipped through every crack. Of course, we now have the law in Texas that states that every minor U.S. American citizen that is in, tra- that is in prostitution, stripping, pornography, is now a victim of human trafficking. But now we have those 18 to 24, 25-year-olds and up who were victims through that whole teenage years when we didn't know what to look for. And her parents, her mom is a professional at one of the hospitals. Her dad is in the military. And they're just now finding out that she has been in this since she was 12 and didn't understand all the trouble that she's gotten in all these years. Hold that thought, Elizabeth. We need to take a break right now. And when we come back, we will continue this discussion. Sure. This is Dottie Laster on Trafficked. Welcome back, to, back everyone, to Trafficked on Hear Women Talk Radio, produced by the Zeus Network. We were speaking with Elizabeth Crooks, CEO and founder of Embassy of Hope, and she was speaking about working and helping a victim who was a U.S. citizen who had been trafficked and put into prostitution since the age of 12, and now she's 21. Go ahead, Elizabeth. Uh, yes. Um, she had four felonies. They did not catch that she had the drug addiction as a coping mechanism. They didn't know, understand the typical uh, flags to look for through teenagers being chronic runaways, chronic truant, and these sort of indicators that can show there's something more going on than a rebellious teenager because most of these children, they're labeled as a troublemaker. You know, they're running away, they're out of control, they're headstrong, they're just the typical emotional going through all of the hormone stages and, and just one label after another. But and never this is catching. important. Let me pause here just a minute just so I can give a snapshot. And I'm going to le- use our poet Larry Jaffe's words to illustrate. Can you imagine that you've been the victim, that you're a child seeking help, and rather than getting help, you get prosecuted or punished. And so Larry Jaffe used the words, can you imagine wearing a clothing of the clothing of bob wire? And I relate that to the labels you're talking about while eating broken glass. And I say the broken glass is what it feels like when the victim is then determined to be the criminal or the problem. That's very provoking imagery. And that is very real because clothed in barbed wire, the barb goes both ways. So someone that's a victim, it's penetrating them. And at the same time, if they try and even reach for help, 
they're missing misunderstood and misinterpreted and that dag- that bar goes both ways it, it injures those who are trying to help them it's like the wounded dog if you get close to take care of a wounded dog they're going to strike back at you they don't know how to communicate um the victims don't and there's like you said at the beginning their stories are too crazy the first thing is it's important to just Instead of labeling, we need to, instead of saying, what is wrong with you, we need to start looking at these individuals and saying, what happened to you? Tell me your story. Or my word is, what do you need? How can I help mm-hmm. you? Who are you afraid of? Yes. You know, those are ways they can guide what you help them with. And I think that's something I know you and I have had to advocate for for victims, even with helping organizations to just change a bit of perspective and to tweak the language to make it appropriate. That's very true. And if there's anyone listening that happens to be a parent whose child may, any of these indicators are raising red flags, uh, we are more than uh, happy to consult with you and work with you through this process and work with your child or your young adult. we specialize in 18 to 26-year-olds. We can help minors. We're not licensed for housing minors, but we are licensed for, well, we, there is no licensing for adults, but we do take care of them and meet a variety of resor- have a variety of resources to help. And, you know, Elizabeth, you and I often, um, you know, strategize and plan, but one common thing that we both um actually say is that the victims are in the jails when we go to find victims it's not hard they're in the jails yes they are they're in the jails with multiple statuses especially if you're in juvenile uh one of the i went and interviewed juvenile here in san antonio and was told that the common denominator of offenses and things that go on with these children is prostitution and so once they get marginalized, that's pretty much the uh, common theme of how someone can exploit them. Is that correct? That's correct. And especially the status and the labeling, because even now, with all of the trafficking education and awareness coming out, they're still labeled as a prostitute. Well, I had a uh, detective tell me, from another country, well, you know, this is legal there. They're doing this for the money. They're in it for the money. Some of the girls we take care of, they go on and on about the money. But in reality is prostitution is very very much so violence against women. And do you find victims with a lot of money? No. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. They've been through the money, but they don't have it. Every one of them are having to pay. I think it's a myth. When I look back at, well, I I believe it's a myth. When we look back at um, historical slavery, some of these same uh, justifications are used, a little bit different language. But when you read historical texts on slavery, you realize the same myths allow slavery to exist. And I think that's what you're describing there, Elizabeth, Mm -hmm. with the money and they want to do it, and well, they did it somewhere else, so they're willing here. And yet, when we get the victim safe, and they finally know they're okay, what we always hear is that they didn't want to do it. Is is that your experience? There's not a single girl, uh, young adult woman that has 
been exploited that we have worked with that has not been raped or molested into this business. Yeah, and that's our common experience. Mm-hmm. You know, moving forward, what do you want for Embassy of Hope? How can our listeners collaborate and help with you? You said you can help parents out there that may have kids acting out, and I want parents to know that exploiters often threaten you and your kid may be protecting you or they may really just not feel they can tell you. Um, so that's one way you can help parents through that. What else can our listeners do? We have private investigators, law enforcement, um, legal providers. We have a great group here at Women Talk with multiple talents. What would your wish list be? Uh, well, we are looking at going after grants for some funding, so we are building community collaboration or cooperation, collaboration, uh, both in the city. So just partnering with us for one thing. And um, if there are um, opportunities or, or times that any of one that needs training on the issue of human trafficking, we're more than happy to come out and train. We're about to get our certificate in the CEUs, so we'll be able to give out CEUs. And we've got... Uh, That's we're continuing actually fixing, education. Continuing, continuing education. education units, yes. And then we're also... Um, we're trying to get the community to get on board and help us with uh, some donations of supplies. We're about to open a salon for Embassy of Hope to kind of help bring funding in to continue work in this area. And, and I think that's so amazing. Things. You know, the salon, I don't want to gloss over that because your model for the salon would be then if um, people you've helped want to, de- to develop a trade, you will have a way to get them trained and then actually able to get them to be able to work in an industry if they choose so in cosmetology. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Well, it, it, it gives them whether just office skills, just, you know, volunteering skills, gives them a lot of skills that makes them marketable into the community. So, you know, not just healing them and restoring them, but giving them economic power to take control of their lives. I think that's brilliant, amazing, and wonderful. Thank you. Well, I want everyone to give a shout-out to Elizabeth at embassyofhope.org and I would love for you to support and write um, you know, kudos to her. She and her husband don't have a big grant. They did this on their own with community donations and at Hear Women Talk we want to use our, our network power to encourage her to keep going. I've worked with victims that she has assisted and they can't say enough about how she changed their lives. Thank you Elizabeth. I want to have you back for an update, and uh, I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank you for having me, Dottie. And um, if I could just make one last note, that's embassyofhopecenter.org. Oh, thank you. I typed it completely wrong. <laughs> that's okay. Well, um, thank you so much. You, I appreciate your passion in this, Dottie. I appreciate how you're giving a voice to everyone working in this field and bringing the community together, and it takes a collaborative effort, and you're doing a great job. Thanks so much. Well, thank you, and uh, I want to extend Elizabeth's thanks forward to um, Hear Women Talk Radio, to our network, to our traffic social site. It's growing amazingly well. We have videos, photographs, discussions, 
many ways that you can continue this discussion with Elizabeth, with Larry Jaffe, with Francis Bach, with Logan Clark, Frank Dukes. Um, we just have a wealth of resources throughout the world. And I want to leave with a positive, happy note. You know, we here as a group changed a life. We found a way. And when I was thinking last night and really absorbing um, what we said in, in having a rescue and getting someone to safety, at the end of all that, when I could finally rest and breathe, seconds. start to comprehend what we'd done. What it was is we have modern slavery, and with Hero Women Talk and Kay in our Vicky, we were able to make a modern-day underground railroad. So thank you. Continue to share with us, and we want to build this road railroad so it's not underground, it's above ground. This is Dottie Laster for Hero Women Talk Radio.